Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And then, and then it was eerily quiet. And then my mind was kind of like, you know, the head in the fishbowl. Then it takes me into the bathroom and says, this is how you brush your teeth. Brush, rinse, repeat, brush, rinse, repeat, brush, rinse, repeat. But there were two girls. And it was like, you'll have to give us a ride. You can't fill us, though. He can't refuse us. He'll let us in his car. The thoughts were all alone in this empty void. You know, the head in the fishbowl. Hello, everybody. We are back on Conspiranormal, everybody's favorite podcast, right, Rob? It's definitely one of my top, like, ten. Top ten? Yeah. Really? It's yeah. not number one? <laughs> There's a lot of good podcasts out there, Adam. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, how you doing today, tonight, Rob? Um, I'm doing good. You know, I got to do... Do what I really enjoy today, which is smoke cigars and smoke meat and yeah, drink smoky whiskey and just kind of relax. There's a lot of smoking going on. I love smoke. It's just your thing, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> and we had an awesome party in here the other night. Oh my God, that was so much fun. We should actually post. I, I tried. I, I have some uh, video clips, but the video didn't turn out. I'm going to try to get some of the audio. Maybe we can... Post it up uh-huh. on Facebook or something, but uh huh, yeah. Did you um you need to record the uh, karaoke? I'm pretty sure that you can do that, right? Oh yeah, 
Really easily. You just record the entire session. <laughs> put that up as a as a conspiratorial podcast. Just three hours of just really just drunken karaoke, just completely horrible voices, just getting more and more drunk throughout the night. That would be a real interesting, uh, real interesting show for us to do. I'm sure everybody would just love it. We'd probably get tons of hits. Oh yeah, <laughs> tons, tons, and tons of downloads. With Jeff killing Frank Sinatra. Oh, oh yeah, you definitely so have good. to put an explicit warning on that one, though, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what did I end up singing like? Four, three or four Hank Williams Jr. songs in a row at like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> I don't even remember. I was listening back to like my, my friend Ed sent me some clips from it and like I was like, uh-huh. I sang that? God, I don't remember. I sang that too? <laughs> Jesus, why? <laughs> Journey? I was singing Journey? Well, I just at one point I remember looking back and you're just about to pass out on the couch. I did. It was another, <laughs> I, I woke up on the couch in the studio on a Sunday morning. Full of shame. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, guys, we actually have a guest co-host tonight, and uh, we're going to talk about a subject. But uh, Chris Wolford, welcome back to Conspiracy Normal. Thank you guys for having me again. Hey, thanks for coming on, Chris. Um, no problem. It's been a pretty interesting couple of weeks. Um, the topic that we are going to talk about tonight is the... Uh, Whole Tom DeLong stuff. Get an update on that. Um, you know the he back in the middle of October when I was in Ithaca or I was driving towards Ithaca to see Soraya. I got this. I found out that he had started his To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, and then. We had talked about that on Soraya's show and Where Did the Road Go. I actually recorded that, so that's on the last episode where Soraya and I talked about that a little bit. And then also, Tom DeLonge himself went on the Joe Rogan podcast, which um, was rather interesting. So, let's get a little more detail from you, because I know you've been looking at this and studying it and looking at what's going on. What exactly is it that he is trying to do? And then we can kind of go in to talk a little bit about this uh, fiasco on Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess what he's trying to do is bring out the subject of UFOs, but that's a dirty word in his vocabulary right now. They're anomalous aerial threats. Uh-huh. You know, they're no longer UFOs because that's a bad connotation. Um and he's going to bring that to his to the stars corporation, and they're going to have a uh, scientific division. They're going to have a uh, entertainment division, and then an, uh, an aerospace division. <laughs> and right. uh, with all his advisors, um, some of them I don't like. Chris Mellon, I don't I don't get his gig. A year and a half ago, he was on another podcast, and he had said that. Uh, there is nothing to UFOs. The U.S. government doesn't have anything to do with UFOs, and there's you will not find anything. And then a year later, he's up on stage talking about the Tic Tac video. So that's interesting. Okay. Uh, little. What's the Tic Tac video? Um, it was a video from 2004 taken from an F-18 Super Hornet. Um, 
actually it was three F-18s, um, one Marine and two Navy, uh, were sent to intercept this fast-moving target that was coming towards this carrier battle group. And this is what's interesting. So they didn't have the video for that, right? They, they posted or they showed a picture with Chris Mellon talking about this event uh, of a photograph of a, a balloon, which is, I guess, not really, really good to do that. So, you know, I, I, I don't know why they would do that. I mean, a lot of people are upset that they even would mess with people, uh, talk about a real event, and then mix in a fake uh, photo. So, yeah, it was just an interesting thing. Um, sorry, my kid was trying to enter the, it's okay. the man cave. Um, <laughs> well, cool question. <laughs> yes. Question for you. Yes. Uh, this academy. Yes. Is it going to have students? No, unfortunately not. Uh, I don't. Again, like the, the business part of it. I can't make sense of it. You know, the, the share stuff, uh, the buy into a public benefit corporation. I don't know. I, to be honest, I really have not focused that much attention to that because it's not what interests me. Um, to me, that's low lying fruit uh, on the tree. And yes, you. Uh, it does seem that it's disingenuous to – uh, offer $200 share uh, for you to buy in, and then you can be part of this company. Yeah, that's the $200 minimum, right? Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. again, that's for me neither here nor there because people are either going to buy into it or if you're into the subject matter, you're definitely not, and you're going to stay far, far away. But you're going to say – well, you're duping people. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. I think the jury's still out on that. Uh, some people would probably argue that, no, the jury is not out, that they've been out, and he's ripping everybody off, and he's a scam artist, and this, that, the other thing. I think they're kind of um, they're missing a golden opportunity here to look at this in a different lens, so to speak. Um, there's lots of interesting little rabbit holes to go down with this whole uh, announcement, the people that he has on his advisory board uh, to uh, connections he's got scientifically to real scientists, but they too have some weird, interesting connections to Stephen Greer. Now we both know that Stephen Greer and Tom Dolan were a couple, you know, they were a UFO couple for, for a little while there. And, uh, Stephen Greer had nothing but good things to say about Tom DeLonge, but the minute that Tom came out and talked about the evil alien aspect, he, well, I, even before that, he parted ways, but that's where they really, the, the division had started there where, you know, Steve's all about positive aliens, and now Tom's talking about uh, evil aliens. So yeah, that's interesting, but the scientist, um, uh, Gary Nolan, who worked with Greer on the movie or documentary Sirius, okay. the, the geneticist, is working for Tom DeLong for this project, which 
I, you know, here's a real scientist putting his name out there, being linked to this this adventure, <laughs> and uh, I don't know what to make of it. I, I know that other UFO researchers have taken a look at that, and some have actually asked Gary Nolan, what does he think of Tom DeLon's, you know, evil aliens? Uh, theory, and he said that uh, Tom can have his opinion on what he thinks the phenomenon is, and Gary will deal with the scientific aspect once it's presented to him. So, okay. Who are some yeah. of the other people that are involved with this? The big one that really rings a big bell for me is the Jim Semivan. Now, most people don't know who he is. He's, the, I think, he's number two in the company. Like he's the vice president. He's a former CIA officer over 25 years, but a lot of people don't realize this or don't know this. He's also an experiencer of this phenomenon. And when I mean that, I mean he either has had uh, contact with or been abducted by whatever this phenomenon is. And that's his, th- those are his words from another researcher uh, that I have been talking to. Uh, this is confirmed. So... That's interesting to me that you have a person who directly has been affected by this uh, phenomenon on that board. Chris Mellon is the one that just, I don't know. I, it, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> again, there's, there's so many rabbit holes. Ron Pandolfi, the, the guy who runs the CIA weird desk currently, the, the CIA's uh, major, the, the head scientist for the CIA, he has stated to a few UFO researchers out there that Chris Mellon's been in the quote-unquote game for a very long time and that it's just a smokescreen that he was saying that uh, there's nothing to UFOs a year ago and that he's very much into UFOs and knows quite a lot about the topic, which I find very interesting. He also, Ron Pandolfi goes on to say, that Jim Semivan is not what he says he is. So I don't know. Again, it's spook versus spook, right? So yes. you don't know who to believe. It's a hall mirrors. It's just, I, I don't know. I mean, something's happening. I will say this. For the people who say there's nothing to this, I couldn't disagree more with you. There's something afoot here. What that is, I couldn't be, begin to tell you other than, my own personal thought is this group, which I told you maybe a year ago this time, I thought that they could possibly be like the Collins elite because, you know, Tom had like stole the idea from Nick Redfern's book, the final events book. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be this new group, this Collins elite 2.0. Um and because notice how they keep saying evil aliens, anomalous aerial threat. Everything's a threat. It's not good. This phenomenon is right. not good, you know. So I, I don't – maybe that's what they're trying to bring out. And this, again, maybe this is just for uh, you know a military-industrial complex kind of thing where they're going to make a, mon- a lot of money off of uh, space weapons, you know. If they bring it to the public and say, yeah, we're not alone, and by the way, they're really bad, so we need to build X, Y, and Z. Yeah, so, that's, that's kind of been where I've uh, – the, the tack that I have taken 
with this uh, that it's that it's about weaponization of space and it's not just Tom DeLonge that that I'm thinking of I mean like Robert Bigelow comes into that equation as well well again here's the other thing that again some of my fellow colleagues in the UFO research community they they were like on me and saying you're a supporter I'm just a supporter of trying to get information okay if that means we have to use time to long to get this information. Even if we get a nugget, I'm going to use them. So funny that you mentioned Robert Bigelow. So maybe a few days ago on both on Instagram and on Facebook, Tom DeLong's uh, social media group. Again, we don't know whether it's Tom posting this or his group, his advisors. I don't know. Okay. I can't, I can't, we don't know who's posting this stuff. But there was a picture of a Bigelow aerospace uh, inflatable uh, spacecraft that uh, attaches to the ISS posted uh, with a Tom DeLonge text talking about we're going to reveal here in the next few days uh, one of the leading aerospace uh, people that are on board with my program. And I told you uh, back in June that Robert Bigelow was one of the advisors to mm-hmm. Tom DeLonge because he had mentioned that confirmation on the Tom, uh, Joe Rogan podcast, excuse me, and guess who uses that same word? It is Bob Bigelow. He uses the same word in the 60 Minutes interview where we were going to get confirmation. So, so you think he's but, working directly with Bigelow, that he's a secret backer of this? Yes, I do. Okay. I, I definitely do. And I also believe, and again, I went back and watched the interview with Joe Rogan a few times. I'm quite convinced that my initial uh, information to you is correct, that he is also talking to Bobby Ray Inman. Because Inman, now he wasn't head of the uh, NSA, he was deputy director, but he was also the head of the CIA. And he mentions a person who was in a dual capable role on a Joe Rogan podcast. Not to mention that uh, Bobby Raymond is very much into UFOs or has been. And he's all, he also was part of that cosmic journey thing. I told you about, about a year ago that I thought that it, it tied in directly to uh, what Tom was doing. And I didn't know all what was going to come out. Uh, but it definitely makes sense now that Bobby Rainman is possibly, probably one of his advisors that is not known public. And I don't think he will go public. I don't think the Bob Bigelow uh, information will go public either. I th- and, oh, by the way, the minute that they posted that, literally 10 minutes later, Adam, they deleted it off of Facebook and Instagram. And I know I, sh- I should have taken a screenshot. I should have, I should have, I should have. I didn't, and it got deleted, and then nobody. I, I think one of the one or two other of my friends had said they had saw that before it was taken down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's so many rabbit holes with this. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like it, and when rabbit holes exist, it sounds like there's an intelligence uh, backing to it. Um, oh, for sure. So, when you say that there's at least two of the guys that he's involved with. Our CIA, our former CIA guys. Well, they're never I, retired. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's where I was going with that too. Um, that it, it automatically makes me really suspicious because if there's one agency I don't trust in the United States government apparatus, it would be the CIA. 
just just because hmm, I don't know their track record. <laughs> exactly, history and, shows us that they're not yeah, the best. So it, it it really seems to me that there's a disinformation campaign going on. But before we kind of get to that, I, I want to talk about this interview that he did. Um, and by the way, you mentioned Facebook. Mm-hmm. Sorry to go off on a rabbit hole, another rabbit trail with you though, but. You mentioned Facebook, and he's him or staffer or somebody is putting up these 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 pictures yeah, on Tom DeLonge's Facebook that look really really fake in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. So I, what's going on there? <laughs> I, well, exact. I mean, well, think about it. from the the minute they had the announcement. To that photo of the Tic Tac video, but by the way, we do have the actual Tic Tac video, which is here's the, another aspect that I don't know if you're aware of, and it's kind of bothering me. I can't figure this part out either, other than maybe it's Bob Lazar 2.0 with mm-hmm. George Knapp, and I really like this guy. I really do. I, I love his work, Jimmy Corbell. He's the one who had the Tic Tac video, even when it was classified. And he's the one who released it, but he's, I don't know if he's working for Tom DeLong. I don't know. I know that he's been in the presence of Tom DeLong with George Knapp. I just can't figure that out because he keeps saying big things are going to come from not only this video, but also other aspects that he can't get into, but that are related to Tom DeLong. So I, I don't know. I just... This is the part of me, Adam. I, I just I can't I can't figure out what to do with the information. Like I really like the guy. I really like George Knapp. Um, Corbell's always been very uh, cordial, and nice to me. He's answered my questions. Uh, another thing, by the way, here's another rabbit hole. You know that Richard Doty's back in the UFO game, right? <laughs> well, I saw that you had posted something where you had uh, been communicating with him. <laughs> yeah. And I found that was very interesting last night. I asked him point blank, what do you think about the Tom Delon effort? And he says, I have no, no, uh, not, uh, I have nothing to say about that. And he doesn't say anything. Interesting. I, yeah. <laughs> but yet people were going after him and saying, what do you, what do you think about the Billy Meyer thing? And then. Because uh, that was on Facebook, but whatever. Uh, he he talked about the Billy, Billy Meyer uh, stuff and how his unit in Germany uh, interviewed Billy Meyer and that they knew that it was fake, blah, 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 blah. But I just, I was like, so really, you don't have anything to say on the Tom DeLon thing? Well, that's probably because he's working for Greer. Doty is working for Greer because he worked with uh, him on the documentary Unacknowledged. And I don't know if he's back in the game because he's just wanting to mess with us, or is he what? I don't know. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have messaged him, but I, it was too good to pass up. Mm-hmm. So Interesting that he replied back to you as well. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. But he's very vocal uh, on Facebook, which is very interesting. He's very vocal. On a lot of other things, so I I don't know, I just the fact that he's back that's kind of crazy. So it's like they're all coming out of the woodwork or something. 
Yeah, I mean, again, this, this, again, I don't, I can't confirm this part, and I know some people don't like Grant Cameron, but a lot of his information that he shared with me, and then I've shared with him some stuff, is true and has come true, and is correct. So I don't know. He's told me that there's six different. Ongoing efforts to quote unquote disclose some sort of truth. And I don't know other than the DeLong camp is one. Mm -hmm. The other one was Stephen Greer and Stephen Greer, supposedly a lot of his information is coming from Ron Pandolfi and Richard Doty. There's an interview on YouTube that is part of the unacknowledged documentary that if you like were to buy the DVD, it's not so much the digital, but if you were to buy the DVD, there's an hour long interview with Richard Doty and Stephen Greer. It's pretty interesting. Uh, some of the stuff that Doty has to say. Now, obviously we should take everything he says with a grain of salt. Cause he made that person go crazy with Paul Benowitz. And by the way, if anybody says the, the, the Tom Dolan things, you know, it's the next Paul Benowitz, they're wrong. This is not Paul Benowitz. This is something totally different. I don't know what the hell this is, but it is not Paul Benowitz. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think there's elements that are similar, but yeah, uh, I mean, it's not exactly the same. No. So, yeah, so many rabbit holes. I don't know. I'm almost, like, after this interview, I'm done with Tom DeLon, seriously. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I get fried on Facebook. People delete me saying, you shouldn't even waste your time with it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Dude, we should just take a look at it. You know, we don't know what we could be missing. That's the problem is we could be missing something really badly. Like, it could go south really bad. I mean, if this really is the weaponization of space and we had an opportunity to stop it and say, call them out for it, then it's our duty. But I'd see too many researchers sticking their nose up in the air and saying, no, I don't even want to have anything to do with it, blah, blah, blah. It's all BS and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So. so this interview with that he did with Joe Rogan, um, what did you think about it? I, I can say, tell you what I think, but I want to get your uh, I want to get your thoughts on it. I will say Tom DeLon is not a good off the teleprompter speaker. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. really revealed, in my opinion, uh, way too much to the public and to people like you and I. Kind of like getting in his head because he kind of contradicts himself a few times. Um, first, he says the Roswell crash was something from German. Uh, Germany. And then he says, look at the I-beams. You know, they're alien. So which is it? Uh, You know, that was stupid. You know, the people are going to go after the TRB3B video. Who cares? Again, that's low high, you know, that's low lying fruit. Don't even pick at that. Like, yes, you could call it out and say it's fake. We know it's fake. But are you talking about why? the video that he showed in the middle? Yeah, of the it? one that uh, Joe Rogan was like, he's full of shit, and you know, yeah, you know, he off mic he said that, you know. So I, he said he also said that if this was a movie, if this was a movie, I'd want my money back. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. What other what other highlights were there? Um, he mentions Gary Nolan in that interview, but only briefly. I had written down, I, I Facebook lived it uh, when I was watching it, 
a couple you know, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, and I was trying to jot down everything that you were saying and then the way I would interpret it, and I now it's not coming to my head. Like, you know, I guess the fact that he alluded to Bobby Raymond in the video or in the interview, he alluded to an experiencer that's on his advisor panel. He kind of like, if you go back, it, it's kind of in the beginning or in the middle, I would say. He, he definitely alludes to Jim Simivan, but he does not name him. It's funny and interesting. Jim Simivan's the one and only few that did not get up and speak. Actually, he's the only one that did not get up and speak. Everybody else of his uh, panel spoke at the uh, announcement. So that has to tell you something. But yeah, well, the Joe Rogan thing, yeah, he definitely should not <laughs> go off the cuff. Um, he sounds really bad. Yeah, agreed. Uh, just my my thought. Well, my first thought was just if he's going to give interviews and he wants to promote his academy, then and if he wants to get the funding to build his intergalactic spacecraft, then uh, he really needs to do better at interviewing, uh, getting well, trying to get the word out. Or maybe he feels like he just doesn't have to because he already has so much of a clout, but. It, it was well, it was kind of a. I felt like Joe Rogan was was doing a really good job as an interviewer. You know, challenging him when he needed to be challenged. He didn't ever really um, come out against him. He just asked questions, and mm-hmm. it was and it was frustrating. And I can imagine it was frustrating for me watching it. And I can imagine Joe Rogan doing it when every other question in the very first part of the interview he would ask. Tom DeLong, he would say, well, uh, and then Tom Long would say something. He would ask him, well, you know, who did you hear this from or where did you find this out? Well, I can't tell you that. I can't tell yeah, you I- what my sources are. And it was just over and over and over again. But yet he started coming out with information that I kind of felt like that's what he was should have been talking about to begin with towards the end of the interview. Well, notice in, I think... It was either in the beginning. Yeah, it's in the beginning. He says they don't want mainstream media coming to them and doing interviews. Yeah. They don't want the mainstream media either one, because they're going to call BS or two, they have a very specific demographic. They're going after to try to target for this, whether it be disinformation, misinformation, or true little nuggets of real information. It is interesting that they, Nobody from the mainstream press really was able to cover other than George Knapp and mm-hmm. Leslie Kane. That's mm-hmm. it. Isn't that interesting? You'd think this is a this is a revolutionary company. You know, you're going to build a, a friggin' UFO <laughs> or ARV. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, get get it right. Advanced a- yeah, yeah. advanced aerial threat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, AR, yeah. I have my own thoughts on the ARV. I honestly think that. Uh, Skunk Works will just give them one and say, "Well, oh, we 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 raised enough money and here it is." Oh, and then, sure. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he does not come off of that looking very intelligent. Whereas other interviews, he does know what he's talking about because he has studied the t- the topic. But then he looks stupid. So I don't know. I mean, has he been brainwashed? I don't know. You know. I mean, Grant Cameron points out they chose him because he had ego. 
And I would definitely agree with that. You know, he's a guy who sold 30 million albums. He's a guy that uh, has done very, very well for himself. He's done other interviews where he's looked like he's uh, he's definitely studied the subject, but I don't know. He uh, he really screwed the pooch on that one. Mm-hmm. So, and the other thing too was he had this uh, when he was talking about the I beams thing. Yeah, and he was talk, and he and he said that that was for that was an ancient Greek. <laughs> and I was on with uh, Red Pill Junkie and uh, Josh and uh, Greg Bishop and Soraya on Where Do the Road Go the other night, and uh, we did a roundtable about all this. And Red Pill brought up the fact that this is that that comes from a from an actual discredited video. That is like the second part of the alien autopsy video. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> so is he? Is he that easily? Is he that easily duped to think that uh, that that's something that's real? You know, I would hope not, but it could very well be. Or if he truly is in bed with some really evil or conniving people, maybe he can't really do anything about this. Maybe he's got to just give out crap, you know, show these fake photos, show the fake Roswell second half video of the alien autopsy with the stupid plates, which we knew that was debunked years ago. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's basically got a gun to his head. And no, you're going to do this, and you can't really do anything about it. I, I don't know. I mean, I know that there's people who have, like, they know Tom DeLon because they either, A, worked for him or have interviewed him, and they say he's pretty ADD. Yeah. So maybe he just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the guy personally. I would hope he <laughs> knows what he's doing because. It could go south. I mean, I don't think that he's going to take a hit with his reputation from his fans uh, musically because I don't think they sure. really care. Sure. I think they just – they're along for a ride, you know. I think the people like you and I and Red Pill are skeptical, maybe more so with Red Pill than me. I mean, I, I am, um, but I just – I like I've, I've told him – I just want information, even if it is total disinformation around it and we get a nugget, then it, in my mind, it's worth it, you know? But something is weird. Like, this is different from prior things in the UFO community has had. Like, this is totally different. This is, this is big. Whatever this is, is not some run-of-the-mill, it's going to only go for a few days, it's going to fall apart in like a month or, or two months. I know that there was delays. And the reason why there was delays with Tom DeLon is one of his major people that they were going to use for the television uh, series that will be coming out supposedly um, quit because he only had positive alien experiences and not negative alien experiences. So and that's Chris Bledsoe. I don't know if you're – Aware of who he is. Uh, He's I'm a, familiar with the name. 
Yeah, he's an experiencer out of uh, North Carolina. Okay. And um, he's good friends with Jim Semivan. And um, like Jim Semivan and his family go over to Budsell's house quite a lot um, or have in the past. And that's why there was that connection. And then once Tom and his team kind of said, you know, they're all threats, they're bad, then that's when Chris Bledsoe says, you know, I'm going to have to part ways. And I've talked to Chris Bledsoe a few times, and he obviously had to sign an NDA. He can't tell me specifics, but he keeps telling me and others that there is going to come some revolutionary information. Maybe there is. I don't know. This is just one person telling me. But again, I take them very seriously because they were part of this group. You know, they were on Inner Circle. There's a photo of him, uh, Bledsoe with Tom DeLon and Jacques Vallée and Jim Semivan at a meeting uh, maybe even a year ago. So they def- he definitely was in the part of this thing, whatever this is. Um, I just, I don't know what this is, you know. And I wish more researchers would try to figure out what this is, you know. Uh, I know we could do it. We just, I think we've kind of grown a little bit too lazy and uh, jaded for our own damn well, good, really. What What would you like to see come out of this, Tom Blog? What do you, that, that's his project. What do you think would be most positive to you to come out of this? Well, um, for one, even if we get one video that is of something anomalous of this phenomenon and that the U.S. government and Tom DeLon's group vouches for it and it gets scientifically proven it's not a hoax, it's not one of those crappy videos that he finds on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it generally is something weird then that's a win. I mean, again, that moves the needle. I mean, that's moved. This is the problem I have with uh, this field right now is this could possibly move the needle a lot further than what we've done in the past 70 years. And people aren't willing to, I guess, take that ride. And I get it. I get it. They think this is a giant scam artist trying to make money, which that's laughable. I mean, yeah, he's going to make stock. Uh, you, you could buy stock, but he, he can't take that money. And I know that there is that portion where he can make, uh, what, six, five hundred thousand, whatever it is. That's chump change to him, really. Really, to be honest, he could go back and join Blink-182, play one show. That that show could make a million dollars. No, he can't make $500,000 for himself, but he can make money hand over fist if he went back to Blink-182. That's another aspect that I yeah. don't quite understand. You threw all that away to go do this. Now, he says in that interview with Joe Rogan that this is more important than anything he's ever done before. Yeah. So, well, I, you know, that's the thing is that I don't necessarily doubt his sincerity. I, I mm-hmm. believe that he believes, I believe he believes everything that he is, that he is being told. It's just mm-hmm. like, what is he being told? That's, that's the question. You know, well, is, is what he's being told real information, or is it just a see? The way I look at this mm-hmm. is that I wonder if it's if it is a way to just kind of make UFOs cool again, or make it great again, to borrow a phrase, um, mm-hmm. and make it interesting for people 
because it hasn't been very interesting in the mainstream for a long time. So here we got this rock star that mm-hmm. is that is fairly well known and he be the public face of this and we can get the kid like we can get the kids interested in it. And then the well, other question becomes why? Why do that? Why still further on this entire mythology of of UFOs as alien spacecraft, unless you're really trying to hide something. Well, here's the other thing is, and I, I know there's other researchers who have not listened to every podcast or every radio show he's been on. And that's fine. That's their cup of tea that they want. If they choose to do that, that's fine. If they don't, that's whatever. But in one of his, from about a year ago, or even maybe even longer, he mentions that it was the timing was right and good now for whatever reason. He would not elaborate. And two, he elaborated that they, not him, they wanted to get young people on board with this topic. There you go. Again, okay. so maybe it is the militarization of space and maybe, maybe they want to use this as a recruitment thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. The other aspect that's like, rubbing my brain the wrong way too is the fact that he was in bed with John Podesta. And now we know John Podesta's brother just could possibly be uh, indicted federally. So, you know, and then I know Pizzagate's not a real thing, but there's definitely some weirdness with that whole, uh, all that stuff with the DNC and the fact that, uh, the, the fact that uh, John Podesta said he got his emails hacked when really they weren't really hacked. They were kind of like opened. Somebody left them open. And I honestly think now in retrospect from, you know, it was a year ago this time is I believe that those WikiLeaks were done on purpose to kind of, I know he says they kind of screwed some things up, but also helped, the Dalam program out in the long run, I just, now I look at that with a different lens and I see that, that, that definitely was something that they wanted to leak to the UFO community to show that, yes, he really was working with these generals and that he was talking to the number two air force space command. And he really was talking to the, 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 the CEO of Lockheed Skunk Works, you know, Robert Weiss. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, there's so many rabbit holes to this. And just this is just the thing that I want to get across to everybody. This is something big. Whatever it is, it's big. It's not a targeted thing just for the UFO community. It is not. It's something much larger. I don't know what that is. You know, we mm. could sit here all day long till we're blue in the face speculating on what it it is. Uh, we know for sure it's not to sell uh, stocks. I mean, yes, they what are up to a couple million dollars now. I don't think it's going to get much higher. I mean, I'll be surprised. I'm I'm surprised it's already to over a million dollars. I think it's like one point four, one point five, maybe. It's to make movies and TV shows, right? That's well, what he said. yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing is. If we get information from these documentaries, from these movies, and from the books, then I, you know, again, I'm all for it. Um, it's just, 
I guess I'm willing to go down that rabbit hole, whereas other people are saying, I'm good. I'm going to get off the, the long train and I'm just going to watch it crash and burn, which it may very, may very well happen that way. But, yeah. you know, I'm just willing to do that. So uh, the only other thing I wanted to ask you about this on this subject was that uh, you had mentioned to me that they tried to purchase, uh, I guess, what is it, free? The, free, uh, the Edward uh, Edgar uh, Mitchell Foundation's yeah. Experiencer Data. They tried to buy the whole damn thing, all the Experiencer Data. Hmm. And Ray Hernandez, the, the current owner of the foundation, said absolutely not. Now, Grant Kamen believes, and it kind of makes sense, the reason why they wanted that is because of the Chris Bledsoe parting ways with the lawn. And they needed to have an outlet where they could have stories. Think about it. if you have all this experience or data, now you got UFO stories to tell forever. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that is interesting that he tried to or somebody in his camp tried to buy all the experience uh experience or data from free. So yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Hmm. Okay. Well, what else have you been working on besides this Tom DeLong stuff? That's pretty much been consuming me. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, that, and I found out uh, Kit Green locally lives near me, and it's been my quest while I've been off from work from my surgery to try to go and talk to him. But I guess he's very elusive, and that uh, it's probably not wise to go to talk to him um, because I just want his thoughts on the Tom DeLong thing. Gotcha. You know, because, you know, he's got, what, two, possibly three other the people who were made up to Avery. So, you know, and Kit Green supposedly was part of the Avery. So, or was. Uh. And maybe he's gotten in there. You know, maybe he could point me in the right direction. But then again, you're dealing with this XCIA guy who is not so much a spook, but He's XCI, so you got to kind of tread that water very lightly. So, yeah. Well, Chris, thank you. And you're going to hang out with us during the main guest section. All right. Uh, Rob, was there anything that you wanted to ask? Or, um, no, I've kind of been intentionally avoiding this whole thing. Like, I don't even <laughs> really know what it's about fully before tonight because it just seems too much like. It's too schemey for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't. I don't anticipate any real, um, real revelations coming out of this. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll get something. But I, I, I guess the real thing is is just to really wait and see. Yeah. How this works. Um, Definitely not throwing money at it. Yeah. Well. I don't have two hundred dollars to just throw money at it. Honestly, <laughs> truly, I'm a poor podcaster. So, all right, well, guys, we are going to go to the main guest. Uh, Chris is going to stick with us. Uh, we're going to have Aggie Nost making his triumphal triumphal return to the podcast. So, guys, we'll be right back on Conspiracy Normal. <laughs> Thank you. 
Welcome back, everybody, to Conspiranormal. I'm sitting here smoking my cigar, and so is Rob. I am. I got some and dinner in me. I feel better now. Yeah, you got some pork butt. I was feeling a little woozy in that last section. Yeah, well, that, that that happens, I suppose. I mean, you've been smoking and drinking all day, so... <laughs> <laughs> smoking pork butt and drinking, yeah, yeah. drinking you know, soda. Yeah. So, yeah. there you go. And scotch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've got chris on the line with us he's uh he's uh serving as our uh he's serving as our guest co-host uh really gonna have to fill luke's shoes chris i know it's hard but uh, okay that's not a very high bar to walk over <laughs> <laughs> so i mean if you want to take a nap that's totally fine that's you know that's what luke does uh, and we have our guest on for the evening, our uh, second guest, which is Augie Nost. Augie, uh, welcome back to Conspiranormal. It's good to have well, you. Well, thank, thank you, thank you. I'm sitting here in Tucson, Arizona, in the southwest of the United States, for uh, anybody around the globe that is listening. And you notice I said globe, not flat earth? Oh, good, good. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're in the, but, but you are in the only state that actually didn't change its time, its time today. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Arizona, my- Arizona has this weird law where they, they actually don't observe, uh, well, they say the same time all year round. Yeah. So, there, there is a story about that actually, and that is that when the uh, legislator was going to move on a uh, vote on when they were going to possibly do the summer savings time, one of the senators got up on the floor in Phoenix and he talked to the assembly and he said, if you decide to uh, vote so that we are going to have uh, the summer savings time, he says, then I want one of you, you talk among yourself and you figure out which one it is. I want one of you to come out to my ranch and explain to my cows why they have to get up one hour earlier in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> he actually did that. So <laughs> I guess they voted it down. <laughs> Interesting. It, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of gotten really weird now because... We now, it used to be six months on one and then six months on the other. And now we're on our daylight savings time from March to November, which is most of the year. And our actual standard time were from November to March. So it's like we get more daylight savings time now. And I've just, it's so bizarre how it's all, how it all works out. I remember, you know, it was April to October. And then October to April, and it's just nice and equal. And so it's just we we only get we only get five. What is it? Basically five months of the actual standard time. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> just just bizarre. So I, I think I like salute Arizona for not doing it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know this racket started back I think in 1916, and mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. put in there just so that uh, farmers could work a little longer in the evening and. People could have more of a working day so they could make more money. Yeah. Yeah, and, that was uh, what it was for. Yeah. You know, it's all about the money, so that makes sense. Yeah. I think it had something to do with World War One too. Or, I, don't, I don't even know. Nobody even knows anymore. No. Uh, Augie, we, we had you on two years ago. It's been a while. Um, and this has been about, It's uh, I think it was around about the same time two years ago that we had you on. But uh, for anyone that's not familiar with you, um, let's talk a little bit about you know, kind of like you know 
who you are and like your experience of this download that you've had, <clears throat> this kind of interesting life that you've led? Uh, yeah, uh, I've been lucky. I've been very lucky. I'm able to do a lot of the things that people, uh, some people only dream about doing. And uh, I, uh, you know, I grew up on a farm back in Europe, in Northern Europe, in Norway. And uh, I uh, was going to be a farmer, went through and became an agronomist and uh, took over the farm and ran that for a while. But I realized very quickly that uh, this wasn't my dream. So at 8.25, I left Norway, and I went to the United States to become a pilot, a commercial pilot. And I did that, spent a year in flight school, got all my certificates and ratings, that including everything up to a um, commercial pilot instrument and, uh, and a an, um, multi-engine instrument aircraft and ins- instrument instructor rating. So uh, I got pretty much everything I needed to do there, and... Um, a couple of years later, me and a partner, we started a flight school that grew into an international air taxi and became an air carrier in Minneapolis at Anoka County Airport. <laughs> and uh, that was Arrowhead Airways. And, uh, you know, flying is a lot of fun. It's when you're up there with just you and the airplane and the co-pilot, it's like another world out there. Nothing on the ground matters anymore. But, you know, when you fly as much as I did, logging over 10,000 hours of flight time and flew for 23 years, it becomes just another job. Mm -hmm. And I burned out. And uh, I saw myself becoming an accident waiting to happen because I I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but I found myself in the cockpit with all four buttons on the autopilot forward, you know, so the autopilot was flying in the airplane. I was sitting there reading a book. How stupid is that? <laughs> and so I quit. And yeah. uh, I uh, started doing other things like painting and studying the mind and uh, and uh, meditation. And I uh, also got the enjoyment of teaching a mind development course traveling around the country for a year. That was uh, Zox Pro training where we teach people how uh, to read, uh, read, uh, assimilate information out of a book at the rate of 50 to 100,000 words per minute with 95% retention. And it was phenomenal. It opened me up to the point where I could go to the uh, library in a town where I was and I just went to the library and maybe got a stack of eight or 10 books on the desk there and I just flew through them in an hour and a half. And uh, I had one guy come up to me one time and he said, what are you doing? And I told him, I'm reading. He says, how many books have you read? And I looked at the stack and I said, four. He just shook his head and walked away. Hmm. And I realized that if kids in school have been taught this system that Zox Pro teaches we would have had mental giants by the time they were 14 with PhDs. Of course, you know, that's a little early to go into the work life. So they probably had to go out and get another PhD and a third PhD. So by the time they were 22 and ready to start working, they would have phenomenal knowledge. This is what the mind can do. But, you know, the jobs program within education, they do not allow for stuff like this. So. Mm. And uh, now, of course, I'm down in Tucson here, and um, I um, 
I have actually been in town 19 years now, and I hosted and produced two TV shows in town, and I got conned into getting on the ballot and running for Congress in 2000. Oh, yeah? And boy, was that an experience and a half. <laughs> oh, but that had now to I'm be interesting. Oh, God, I learned so much. But I tell you, though, I, uh, I humiliated my opponent to the point where I got some very powerful enemies. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's uh, something that I, if I had to redo it again, I wouldn't do it because it cost me. Did you run a, like but, a third party ticket? Uh, yeah, the Libertarian Party. Mm, right on. Yeah. And uh, now, of course, I'm doing radio shows. I've written uh, a few books and uh, we're just trying to educate the, the people out there so they can at least be able to think on their own a little bit and maybe have a better life. Uh, you had had this experience where you had this kind of like, you describe it as a download. Yeah. That's the best term I could use for it. I, um, I was sitting in, this is about four and a half, five years ago now. Uh, yeah, pretty close to five years probably. Uh, I was sitting in meditation and uh, I started seeing some flashes of light in the periphery of my darkness behind the eyelids there. And they started flashing in towards the center and then they became more and more light and it lit up. And then I could see this boiling soup of concepts, ideas, inventions, thoughts, things, people. And it's kind of like what Nikola Tesla said at one time. I saw the past, the present, and the future at the same time. Hmm. And it was explained to me in concept and detail with basically full understanding. And I saw what the universe was. I saw what I was. And so how we could create things out of basically nothing just by the power of thought. And... I saw what thought was and how we could manipulate that to use it in our um, in our so-called life that we look around us here, you know, we think of this as your life, but it isn't. It's just a, an existence that is created by the mind. But uh, all of this I'm writing about in my last book there about spiritual science and uh, higher consciousness thinking. I, I write about and explain this and I explain what we can do and how we can do it. It's kind of like... Um, once you find out how to use your mind, it's kind of like uh, if you took Mr. Average right off the street, put him in the left cap- uh, left uh, seat in the cockpit, the captain's chair on the Boeing 747, and told him, let's go flying, he wouldn't have a clue. Right. And uh, But if you gave him a year's worth of training, put him back in the captain's chair and told him, let's go flying, he could take you flying. Sure. Same thing with the mind. We've never been taught how to use it. So, we don't know how. We don't even know how to remember. Remember back in school when your teacher told you, uh, uh, remember this chapter because tomorrow we're going to have a test on it. Oh, God, I hated that. See, (laughs) we've never been taught even how to remember, but there is a way to do it so it works all the time. Remembrance is 100% all the time, but the recall process is what we have screwed up. That's what we don't know how to do correctly. Yeah, and this is stuff that I talk about. But I tell in that soup of creation, when you start looking into the future, there were more than one future. 
And it looked like potentials for creation. They were not full creations yet, but they were thought of by someone or something that had thought of it. As soon as we, you know, when you live in a mind-created universe, when you think of something, you're giving it a low form of life. And that is placed into that soup. If you later on think of the same thing, that thought reaches into the soup and try to find a matching vibration, which is that thing you thought of earlier, and when it latches onto it, you can start pulling it back into physical existence. And that's, oh, this is going off the topic of, uh, of uh, conspiracies, but it is in a way a conspiracy also because the government and the established media do not want you to know these things because this is what billionaires do. And I just, I'm on first name with three billionaires and two of them doesn't even have a call. No, one of them. One of them doesn't have a college degree. And what, what one of them told me is that I always create what I want to do in my mind first, and I place it in the future, in concept and detail. And then I keep feeding it every day. I keep working on it, tweaking it, and adding stuff to it, detail, information, and uh, intention, colorful images, and love, and gratitude. I, those things he pours into that thing in the future, because those things are the language of the spiritual world. It is not one of words. Words are worthless outside of the physical. You talk and, about, in the DVD, you discuss the idea of Basically, imagining what your future will be, yeah, and then um, working towards that goal. And you use the example of a birthday party. I mm -hmm. thought this was a very interesting um, part of 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 the DVD of the discussion. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about that. Since we're on this subject, I, I really want to kind of hit this. Yeah. Well, the thing is that. We live in a mind-created universe, and I, I have my, f my favorite thing that I say here to actually prove to people that, yes, we are in a mind-created universe, and that is that um, for about 300 years now, we've been told that matter and energy cannot be created from nothing. Now, that's a problem. Some of the most brilliant people on the planet, like Stephen Hawking uh, from Cambridge University in England, a uh, professor at, uh, in quantum physics over there, He's saying that the whole universe is created from nothing. So if everything in this universe is created from nothing and you are in this universe created from nothing, what are you? Now we got a challenge on our hand. Sure. Because are we nothing? But I see stuff, right? So what is it? It is the same thing as my second analogy, and that is, I'm a hypnotist. If I put you in a soft chair and talk to you for 15 minutes, and I told you that when you wake up, you'll see an elephant standing next to you in the room. If I did my job right, when you open your eyes, you see that elephant. You can reach out and touch it. You can feel the rough skin. You can smell him. You can hear him. What happened to that real world where the elephant was not there? It went away, didn't it? Yes. So now, what's the difference? 
between when you look across the room here, you can look at the microphone, you can look at anything. It looks real. But is that any different than the elephant? The mind created both. Correct. So now, if we take it from there, if the mind can do that, it can do anything that we decide an intention of being. So why wait for somebody else to tell you what you should do? Why don't you decide yourself and then intend it into and visualize it and force it into existence by your own thoughts? And I've done that and I've done some neat things with it. So this is what people can do. And uh, it reaches right into the mastermind principle. When two or more minds are united in harmony, they create a third mind that has the potential mind power of the two or more of them multiplied by each other. What is an example of something that you have done where you've willed something into being like that? There was a contact that I wanted. And um, it uh, was in, an, in another country that uh, I didn't know who to contact and I wanted someone to contact me that had the capability of helping me do this. And uh, out of the blue, I got introduced to someone that did not know that he was in a position where he could actually do this thing. And, and we're now in the process of doing it. And this just came out of nowhere. I don't think there's more than a probably about seven or eight on the planet that could actually facilitate this, but he showed up in my life. Mm. So uh, it's kind of weird this way, but we're trying to do something uh, out of the United States, of course. I don't think much can be done in the United States anymore. Um, this reminds me a little bit, uh, th this concept reminds me of the, uh, of the Tulpa concept. Are you familiar with that? Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Tulpa. Topa. Yeah. Um, it's an idea in Buddhism. Um, oh, okay. Or specifically Tibetan Buddhism where basically people can get together and create a thought form, create something that, that later becomes tangible. Yep. Absolutely. And that can be done. A, uh, a different form of that is what uh, Art Bell did 20-some years ago when uh, uh, Texas had not seen rain for three months and there was uh, drying out. Uh, towns were running out of water. The cattle was dying. So Art Bell got on the air and told all his listeners to visualize rain over Texas. And we all did. And the next day, there were thunderstorms all over Texas and the forest fires and stuff. They went out. So uh, their forecasters, they came out and said, you know, we're dumbfounded. You know, it shouldn't have happened because in the computer models, there were no moisture that could create this. But it happened. Yeah, it's literally, so they, literally mind over matter. Yeah. And when you have, uh, let's say uh, he had 10 million listeners multiplied by 10 million now you can see the power of that mind that was created yeah stuff like that is amazing and it it, 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 it it's not just happened in that one instance there's been quite a few actually oh yeah that type of thing has happened yeah and um there are uh, the federal government uh they have in some time travel projects they have uh, actually created this type of uh entity, mental entity that took on physical substance. 
Yeah. And uh, they have, like, they, uh, well, they, they've done that at uh, White Sands and they've done it for several other places and they had to evacuate the building because this thing took over. Yeah, that's, um, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty similar to a Tulpa concept. Mm-hmm. So why are these things not available to us? What's the, what is the reason? Who do you think is keeping this from the normal everyday person? Well, I don't think it's the senators uh, or the president or anybody that we think of in government. But I think sure. behind, the, behind there, there is a secret government. Not a government so much, but there's a secret cabal that runs things for their own purpose. And we are being treated as basic slaves in there just to do and perform for them. And they do not want us to be that smart that we can figure out that, wait a minute. I don't have to do this anymore. I can think on my own and I can create anything I want in my life. And I don't want what they have imposed on us. And they sure don't want this. So they want to keep us fat, dumb, and happy. <laughs> and we're doing all those three. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think some of the mechanisms are that keep us from keep us fat, dumb, and happy? Oh, education. It's been dumbed down so bad. Yeah. If, a, if an American student come overseas and uh, get into competitions and stuff, they, they just laugh at them. And um, it's uh, when you look at the um, education level in Japan and Finland right now, oh, that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I've, on the internet, I found a, um, a um, graduation test from uh, high school from 18, I think it was 88 or something. I tried, I'm half as decently sharp, but I flunked that thing. Really? Yeah. And that was such difficult questions. And this is what the students were expected to know. Hmm. So we have gone way down. That's why I'm saying that the illiterate people of the rest of this century will not be the ones that do not know how to read. It will be the ones that is unwilling to unlearn what they taught was, thought was true. Yeah. The people that uh, are going to stick to an old paradigm. Yeah. And this is a long-time agenda. These people are long-term thinkers. I mean, they've been thinking this. Well, you, what, Same philosophy since back in Babylon. Back in Babylon? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are we talking about, um, are we talking about like the, like a race, like of, of, are we talking about people? Are we talking about some kind of other kind of like a spiritual control system that is behind it? Uh... Let me first short-circuit the question, and then I'll elaborate. The short version of it is that I do not think the ultimate control of Earth lies on Earth. I think that goes off the planet. Okay. Because I think that right now, it is somewhat obvious Earth is being terraformed for a species that does not need oxygen and an environment like we do. They are trying to destroy the environment, and they are destroying the ozone layer, and they are destroying water, the oceans. Everything is being destroyed. So there is someone that likes this place, but they don't like it the way it is. And I think that goes off the planet. 
And the people that is in charge at the top of the rung, so to speak, the 92nd degree Mason, the Pope, and the uh, you know the rulers of some countries right now, they have been offered something that is very precious to them, and that is immortality. There's two ways that can be had, and this is a huge conspiracy because, first of all, we already know how to download all your memories and experiences into a computer. They are saying they are experimenting with it, and that tells me they already have it. And this is from what I understand from behind the curtain. There will be machines that will have, uh, if you wanted to, if you were rightfully placed, so to speak, to qualify to be taken into their club, you could have all your memories and experiences downloaded into an Android that would never wear out and never die. So you will be basically immortal. And this is what some of these rulers, and uh, we have a couple of uh, people here that's been presidents, father and son, they have been offered this, is what I'm getting. And they are not worried about anything because they know they will live forever. So they'll destroy the androids. They don't need air. They don't need what we have. They all need just technical components and so on transferring someone's essence as a like as a computer program and putting it in android would it still essentially be that person though uh it will have the um the memory and experiences of that person Mm -hmm. i don't think that the essence of the person or should I say the body will follow? That I am not sure of, but uh, I do not see that happening because it's only a machine. Mm-hmm. Where do you but, get some of that information? Does that come some from your from your download? Yeah, or from some I, people I, that you've that you've spoken to. I saw. Uh, well, I don't know. There may be other people talking about this, but uh, I saw. Um, Androids walking around, and that's going to be 20 years down the road. You'll have androids walking around the street next to you, and you'll never know it. And uh, those, some of them will have the um, the brain or the uh, the knowledge and memories of other people, and some of them will be reprogrammed from nothing. So there will be new ones too. But this this will happen. Yeah, I do wonder where we're going as far as artificial intelligence and AI. Yeah. Oh, where that's where that's going. I just finished. I just watched uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, the new one. And, oh uh, yeah, that's a, that's, that's an interesting movie because in so many ways, you don't really know who's actually human and who actually isn't in the in that fictional universe. So huh. it's kind of like pointing towards something like that. That's very the the transhumanist. Uh, stuff chris do you have anything to add to any of this um it makes sense um i don't know that um i'm coming to the same conclusions but yes definitely i would i would argue that yes somebody's trying to terraform terraform this planet for something um i look at a bit of a different way i mean everybody who's a billionaire 
they want to go off planet. They want to go to Mars. You got Elon Musk. You got Sir Richard Branson. You have Jeff Bezos. They all want to go off planet. I find that hugely interesting. They almost don't say it, but they kind of do. They insinuate it that uh, forget Earth. It's a foregone conclusion. We just need to get off planet. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And I think you're exactly right on point on that one. The, these people, they want off planet try to even save their uh, their physical self but uh, they don't know that once they get to mars they have surprises up there so they may not be quite what they expected huh interesting is there something on mars already oh absolutely uh, you know you you've seen the the structures up there you've seen probably the face on mars and the pyramid up there and you've seen some of the uh, nasa prints of things up there but there are people up there and some of them are only about the, the maybe six, eight inches tall. And some of them are a foot or two. And then there's somebody about our size. And there are animal looking. Some of them are really scary ones looking. So uh, there, there is, from what I saw, this is just in my timeline, this is what I saw, that there is one animal that I think would be from Mars and that's the one that it looks kind of like a, as big as a buffalo and but it's a little broader and uh, it was just like it had a um, shell on it so you, you can't really kill it very easily it's uh, pretty much indestructible and those things are the biggest scare up there from what I would think so the- there's life up there <clears throat> The, the terraforming aspect, uh, how is the Earth being terraformed? What, what do we see as like kind of the, the proof of that? Well, we have the, um, the chemtrails. That's the, probably the biggest part of it when they're spraying the chemicals in there that will destroy both forests and grass and the soil and the people. And, you know, you have uh, nanoformed aluminum and several other uh, uh, chemical substances plus cancer microbes and viruses in it that has been discovered so it's obviously they're trying to follow agenda 21 or agenda 30 now i guess um, where they want population down to 800 million across the globe uh-huh. they're doing their damnedest to make sure that happen and for the listeners google agenda 21 and take at least an hour and read that stuff if you are not a little concerned afterwards, then uh, you're not a live one. You're dead. Because that stuff should scare the daylights out of anybody. Uh, what exactly is in Agenda 21? I, I'm, I'm, it, I'm sort of familiar with it, but not, not 100%. Agenda 21 is, uh, in a short explanation, the um, method and the the project that they have initiated has been around for a while and they want to reduce the population to 800 million on earth and uh, they have many different avenues towards doing that Uh, anything from vaccinations to new created viruses and stuff and you can read about this and that's they're hell-bent on getting the population down to less than a billion. Of course, they've tried that for quite a while. The AIDS virus failed, and uh, you know many other virus, 
viruses that is being created that all seems to fail. So now they are going to mandate everybody has to be vaccinated and they're putting uh, all kinds of chemicals into you to make sure that the kids are going to be basically worthless by the time they grow up so that society will die. If nothing sooner, at least it will pretty much die then. Still a long way to go, though, when we still yeah. we have like seven and a half billion people on this planet. Yeah, but and you'd be surprised if uh, if they get something that hits. Uh, that number could dwindle very quickly. Yeah, but it's not going to do that in my timeline. I have designed it to be pretty good into my future. So uh, I have designed the future the way I want it, and that's what I'm going for. Now, when you say that your timeline, does that mean that everybody else is in your timeline, or does that mean only does that only affects well, you? Uh, no, uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, probably most of the people that think and do and act like I do, they will end up in pretty much the same timeline because I have, you know, I'm not just done it for myself. I've done it for everybody around me that is of like mind to be there at that occasion in the future. So, uh, chances are we'll see you there too. Well, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, this is a. I mean, is there a timetable here for this? I mean, what do you? Th- I mean, I have uh, the one I have designed is going to be placed at twenty fifty. Twenty fifty. Okay. The round number, and I'll be around at that time. Now you, and you talk about um, in the in the DVD, you do talk about how there's going to be an alien invasion. Uh, we're yeah. going to have the bad aliens and the good aliens. But before we get to that, though, you also talk <laughs> about how there might be this idea to create some kind of false alien invasion through the Project Bluebeam. I want I want to talk about that a yeah. little bit. Okay. Well, the Project Bluebeam has been around for a while, too. And uh, that is kind of like a holographic projection into the sky that uh, will create images that people would think is real. The first one that I heard of was back in, I think, 1962 or 63. I think it was 62. Um, The American government projected a hologram over the harbor of Havana in Cuba, of Mother Mary, hoping that the Cubans will see that and say, wait a minute, this is Mother Mary, and then turn on their godless government and, you know, overturn them. But of course, that didn't happen. So, And they've been perfected it ever since. If they could do that back in 1962, what in the world do you think they can do today? Have you heard around the, the globe, they hear, hear trumpets in the sky? Yeah, I've heard this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's part of the part of this molding of the people to because especially the Christians they believe that you know there's going to be trumpets in the sky you know when Jesus come back. So this is something that they are tail tailoring for the Western world specifically, and also you can see there are uh, not long ago there was a man. That was floating in the air over um, one of the big cities in Australia. The media went nuts on it. He was flying. It was about probably five or seven feet, thousand feet in the air. It was clearly a man floating around up there. 
Yeah, I think Nottingham I media here. About this. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I bet that was a hologram. I kind of doubt that uh, there is a, there is such an invention that will be coming shortly. That is kind of like a belt, and um, it has two tubes on each side of it, and uh, those are basically levitation tubes, that's electronic ones, so you can fly with it. But it is not there yet. So I think this guy was a um, was a hologram. Chris, that kind Just of reminds people. Yeah. Well, I was going to tell Chris, say to Chris that uh, that kind of reminds me a little bit of the Collins Elite stuff in the Final Events book. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, no, it also brings back memories of is the Phoenix Lights because some oh, people, yeah, um, yeah, some people saw one thing and another person saw another thing, and uh, yeah. So, and I know they've been trying to work on that technology out of Dugway. Uh, so, yeah, possibly. It is very likely that the Phoenix Lights was a hologram. And then, of course, the first one's going to say, wait a minute, it was at night, can't be a hologram. Well, yeah, it can. They, are, they worked with holograms that works in the dark. So you can, even if it's pitch dark, you can put light into it and use the same principles with light and the medium, and the, you can create things in there too. So yeah, they can. Yeah. So yeah. So that I have heard, it's it definitely interesting as far as like psychological warfare. Do you remember uh, a few years ago? I think it might have been two thousand eight. So it's been almost ten years. Uh, there was this, I think in Cairo or Alexandria, one of the places in Egypt. There was like this vision of the Virgin Mary and like people actually got this thing on film. And I remember mm. t- people talking about that possibly being like a blue beam or like a hologram kind of thing. Like somebody was testing something. Yeah. Well, they've done it before. That could, <laughs> could sound likely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't remember that one, but, uh, you know, that's, there is stuff like that, that is being done. I think they're molding people's mind to accept things when they show up in the sky. And now, of course, NASA is saying that there's this thing that is coming in from deep space and uh, it is not following the normal uh, trajectories that is created by gravitational forces. It is it looks like it is an artificial path that is going to, supposed to be coming into Earth, uh, into our solar system uh, or in the inner solar system uh, somewhere in 2018. So whatever that is. I, have, I haven't heard this. This Is is yeah. this like a Planet X uh, thing? Yeah. Or? Uh, no, no. Planet X was... I just put something on my website about that because uh, uh, it's been confirmed. Uh, about a year ago, there was a paper at Caltech University. They, uh, they basically confirmed Planet X is real and here's where it's at. And uh, so on, and I just put that on my website, uh, and also I think I put it on Facebook too, so people can see it. And uh, it's very clear. It's about they said it was somewhere close to eleven times the size of Earth. Well, what they don't say, or what they don't know, probably is that it's not a planet X. Nibiru is not really a planet. It's a it is a solar system of its own. It's a brown dwarf with other satellites or planets around it. These are smaller planets, but uh, 
the brown dwarf, from what I, my impression of it, was that it's about five times the size of Earth, and then you have all these other things floating around it, so it would probably get more in mass and will be putting out more of uh, gravitational forces, which is what they saw, what the scientists at Caltech saw. So they may think that it's close to 10 or 11 times the size of Earth. Wouldn't that cause some massive upheaval in the solar system, though, if we had like a – because that's a – brown dwarfs are pretty – Oh, yeah. They're pretty massive. It, yeah, and uh, it does every uh, 3,660 years. It just <laughs> – the you-know-what hits the fan, you know, so – Chris, you were going to add uh, something about that? No, I was going to add that the thing that was coming in from another solar system that, yes, I did see that, and NASA did say that it was – an unlikely trajectory. It does not replicate like a asteroid or anything like that. It's it's big and it's not taking the path that um, typical space junk would take. It's it's like flying not erratically, but it looks uh, quote unquote intelligent. Yeah. So. Well, gee, I'm I'm glad somebody else saw this. Otherwise, I would sound <laughs> strange again. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not worried well, that, about that, so don't worry about it. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, this uh, f- facts and facts is stranger than fiction. It's uh, oh, you know, it boggles your mind when you start thinking about some things, and then you just gotta let it go and have a beer. Otherwise, you'll go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I agree with that. Um, uh, what, uh, we were talking, we, I wanted to talk a little bit about this, like this alien invasion, how uh, we're going to have the bad aliens and then we're going to have the good. So what's, what's, what's going on? What, what do you think is going to happen with that? Well, um, the dark projects under the, um, I almost said the United States government, but it isn't, it is a breakaway society that is funded by the United States government to the tune of close to a trillion dollars a year now, according to uh, uh, Ms. Fitz. And uh, what they're doing, they are building spacecraft. And uh, what we are uh, actually seeing is that, uh, uh, you know, the thing about the secret space program and what they have created, that you know, it wonders... Why do we even keep asking, do we have a secret space program? It has been confirmed. Mm -hmm. On the citizens' hearing of disclosure in 2013, Senator Mike Gravel, he said, and I'll quote it. I wrote it down for you. We have a space force. It is in existence. It is there. And this is what Gary McKinnon found when he hacked into NASA's computer to look for UFO information in the secret space program. He found it. And they have built these um, flying disks. They have built uh, cigar-shaped ships. And um, uh, two of the ones that they are talking about is uh, 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 USSS Hillencotter. That is one of them. And that ship is uh, about two football fields long and it has an enlargement on both ends of it 
And uh, otherwise, uh, there is uh, another one which is about the same size, and they have something like 40 smaller discs inside of them. And these are part of the space fleet. In fact, McKinnon also found that uh, there were 30 names on non-terrestrial officers. What would that mean? Yeah, that's, I remember that's the, whole a, McKinnon, the whole McKinnon thing. Yeah, yeah. So, no, they have built this Space Force, and they have a base on the moon. And in fact, on my website, under the uh, the picture gallery, you can see pictures of it. I have the uh, one of the buildings that they have. They have manufacturing plants up there, and they have uh, slave labor camps. They have all kinds of neat stuff. One of the buildings that you can see almost like a close-up of that's taken by the Lunar Orbiter, which slipped away from NASA. They didn't know that they lost it. Um, it is formed as a swastika. And when the Germans came up there in 1944, they fell in love with that place when they found it. So they started building a base inside that building. And uh, when the Americans came there later, then, uh, or I guess the Breakaway Society came there, then they also joined with the Germans. So they have a joint base up there and they get along just fine. In that building, a building is so big that it, you know, it's not filled up with, you know, earthly stuff. It's just parts of it that is used. And uh, for um, for those of you that think that how can that be because there's no air up there? Well, there is. There is enough air on the moon to be equivalent to about eighteen thousand feet of air pressure on Earth. And uh, if you think of Himalayas, there is people living at 18,000 feet all the time. So we can get adjusted to live at that altitude on the moon. There's no problem there. I'm scrolling, looking for this picture. I'm on your site right now. I was going to try to see if I could uh, uh, find this see. picture. I of the think swastika, I have uh, the swastika base. Uh, let me see. I, I had a note here where I had some of those pictures. Yeah, here it is. Uh, Swastika is on page 15. Page 15, okay. We get down there. And you also, you'll also see a satellite dish up there. And you'll also, on page 15, you'll find two wheels connected with a, an axle playing on the surface. And the website that he's looking at is uh, wwwaage N-O-S-T dot com. So it's www.myfirstname-mylastname.com. Where did you get this picture of the uh, swastika uh, base on the moon? It's, um, it came off... Uh, did, I, did I give any credits in the... Um, if you click on the picture, there's going to be some writing on it. Uh, did I give any credits or did I not? I forget uh, what says, I It says, do not tell me there are no one on the moon. Here is a swastika-shaped oh. building in the Schrodinger crater. It's about one mile wide. Yeah, that's, okay. That's what, it, that's what it says. Okay, yeah. I found it on a scientific site somewhere that uh, it may have been Hoagland, Richard Hoagland, but I'm not sure. I, I, okay. I forget where I got it. 
But uh, there's other pictures on there too, and that is um, on page 13, you'll see a picture of, in, in the bottom of those craters, there's green vegetation. Page, uh, you said page 13? Yeah. I know this is really scantilating radio for every, for all the podcast listeners, but uh, yeah, I know, I'm just trying to get to, okay, yeah, I, I see what you're talking about. It's really a bum deal that we can't show this. Uh-huh. But uh, and there's one more though that I really gotta I gotta tell you about, and that's page twelve. You can see a man or a humanoid walking on the moon. This is also a NASA print. Huh? Are, are people giving you this? Uh, are people giving you this? The, the, do you get this from like from like sources, or do you just do you pull um, it from people, sites? Uh, people send me uh, links to stuff once in a while. They say, "Hey, I, I know I like your website, and uh, here's a link for you. Have a look at it." You know, I get okay. that once in a while, and yeah. some stuff show up. And then on page three, of course, I got several pyramids up on the moon there. Okay, now are these like probably from like ancient civilizations that used to be on the moon? Yeah, yeah, I believe they are pretty old, especially in that. Um, on page two, where you see that there's a crushed, uh, crashed mothership laying on the surface. If you blow up the picture, you'll see that it's very old because it's potmarked from meteorites uh, hitting it from long periods of time. Okay. So are these the uh, – so what are the bad aliens? Like what are they supposed to come down and do? Well, um, there is a book coming out of Russia that uh, shows it's about 160 different types of alien visiting Earth on from time to time. And uh, they say that probably about half of them, or no, they said I said more than half of them are friendly. And half of that are really here to help and guide us in the right direction. So to prevent us from destroying ourselves. So that's probably what happened uh, when some of the uh, rockets that was supposed to have been fired in 1988, that was, we were two minutes away from an all-out nuclear war. And it got shut down. There's a phenomenal story behind that one that a friend of mine here in Tucson, he was the commander at Offutt Air Force Base, and uh, he was in command of uh, quite a few of these rockets going off to Russia, and he was sitting sitting there, you know, minding his own business, and he got a phone call, and there was a Russian admiral that called. <coughs> and the, he, the Russian admiral asked him, what are you doing to me? And uh, my friend said, what? I, I, I'm not doing anything. And he says, we show... I think it was four or six ICBMs incoming. Hmm. And, uh, of course, you know, he got all upset. So he started looking around there and he found there's nothing going on on our side. And uh, he tried to tell him that. And uh, the Russian admiral, he hung up and he says, well, I guess we will deal with it our way or something like that, he said. So he hung up. And then... The story that's behind that is that they have contacted the guy that was sitting in the silos with the keys in Russia, and he he was notified that, look at the screen, and you can see what's going on, go ahead and launch. And the man didn't do it. 
because he was sitting there with his hands on the keys and there was this voice in the back of the head that told him, do not touch the key. And he took his hands off the key and he sat there. And uh, I have another picture of that man on my website, probably about three weeks ago. I put it on there with a little bit of a story on it. And uh, he just sat there. And after a little bit, the uh, people upstairs, they called him and said, don't do a thing. It was false alarm. He could have turned the keys and we would have been probably all dead by now. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. You do hear about stories of UFOs or flying saucers or whatever, uh, being very interested in nuclear missile silos and nuclear power plants. Oh, yeah. I have heard that before. Yeah, especially in North Dakota. There is several stories coming out of there. Who who are the bad aliens? I mean, are we talking about the greys, reptilians? I mean, who who are we talking about? Yeah, here? but many of them looks just as look very much alike. Uh, the greys, the little greys, the you know the three four foot tall ones, they're just kind of like the worker bees. They're the slaves that is doing the work for others. They are they're not born. They are grown in labs uh, in vats of liquid. And they're just infused with intelligence to do a certain job. And that is what they're designed to do. It's kind of like a little robot. But it's uh, still an organic robot. And uh, those, they're pretty, they don't really owe much of a danger to us. It is the tall the tall greys, there's two kinds of them. One of them is the good one, and one of them is, they have their own agenda. And I think for us, it's pretty difficult to see the part, see them apart. But then we have the uh, the reptoids that looked like, uh, I mean, they really looked like a <laughs> reptile. And they are aggressive, and they, uh, they fly ships too, and they, uh, we don't, particularly care much for them and they don't care for us either they might be the one that is trying to terraform earth Hmm. i don't know because then we have the shapeshifters which is again and that's a tough one to wrap our heads around because if we think that we are real of a real substance how in the world can we shift our shape but if we understand what we are only a holographic imaginary projection into the physical for the purpose of giving the true essence of us experiences. Then that hologram can change form. So these people that understand that, they should be able to change their form according to what they want to have happening. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it does to me. Yeah, sure. It makes sense. I'm uh I'm I'm curious though about you know, we, so we have an alien invasion and we had the bad ones but then we're gonna have the good ones. Yeah, uh, from what I saw is that uh, they will when the uh, cabal is running out of options like Antifa yesterday flopped <laughs> across the whole of the country. <laughs> so when the <laughs> I gotta laugh at that, but I'm sorry. Um, uh, what they were um, 
when they they're trying to destroy our society on earth if they don't if they fail at it one of the last straws they have or cards they have to play is the alien card and uh, i believe they will play it and of course it is uh, with when you use the voice to skull technology that is microwaved that is embedded with voice so when they aim that to your skull you can hear somebody's voice then yep. you aim that as uh, to the head of a born again christian and telling him that i am your god you will do what i bid you or something like that oh they're going to fall apart they can say oh, okay please tell me what so they are going to get some results from that because people will buy it but the first ones that is coming in appeared not to be our friends and the second ones are going to see what's happening and they will come and try to help I think there's a way that we can accelerate this process a little bit maybe overturn their apple cart and that is for all of us with one mind, start visioning huge spaceships in the sky, round ones, five, ten mile long cigar shaped ships. I mean, a big one, huge ones that is, you know, two mile wide discs in the sky because they're too big to be ours. They had to be alien. So if we want to have disclosure, it's not going to come from the government. They will not tell us anything that is important to us. But it will come from the aliens. When we get enough minds out there visualizing a contact, they will understand that they are wanted, so they just might show up. So you're saying that we would visualize these ships coming yeah. down which would cause the real ones to come down that's what you're saying well the uh, the huge ones they are alien ships because we don't have the capacity to big the re- build the really big ones we can do two football fields and maybe four or five football fields by now but not 20 mile long ships yeah yeah, and then and then some of the, some of them are probably actually made by made by people and staffed by people. Yeah, and the the ten to twenty, I mean, I have a picture on my website of a cigar shaped ship traveling in orbit around Saturn. It's it's a red one. It's outside of the rings, and. Looking at the distance of it, that that particular ship was something like four thousand miles long. Mm. And ships like that is not built by hand; it is built by the mind. Um, it is built by the um, thought into existence by someone that has much better mind capacity than we do. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I want to get into time travel. Okay. Because apparently you've, uh, apparently you've gotten into, uh, this, this idea of time travel. Now, are we talking about physical time travel or are we talking about 
mental time travel? What exactly are, are both? What what exactly are we talking about here? <laughs> well, time travel can be both. And uh, if we talk about time travel, it's it would be really good to know what time is. You think? If we look at the concept of time, first of all, science up to about now, they've had no evidence that time even exists. We only see effects of it. And uh, a t time is only... I'm not so sure what the actual definition is because I, I know there's, there's several out there, so you can take your pick. But mine is that it is a project, um, progression of present moments. And what I saw, time is, it starts with a picture of the present moment. And that field that uh, creates that picture collapses. And then there is absolutely nothing. And then the field rebuilds itself again into another present moment. That field collapses. And then it rebuilds itself again into the third present moment. And so on and so on. And these present moments are happening I'm using a general term, like a billionth of a second, uh, very, very rapidly following each other. So it looks like it is a continuous flow of time. Because time is thought into existence. And uh, thought is composed of two things. It's got an electrical impulse, that can be measured by physical instruments. And uh, there's also a counterpart which travels as a gravity wave. It's a longitudinal gravity wave. And um, in quantum physics, you can, you can explain this, actually. When you have, have these, pro, uh, these present moments in physical existence, now we got to go back to the soup of creation where there is only past, present, and moment sitting there in that soup, and there is no time outside of the physical. So, if we're going to travel, let's say, um, uh, to, let's say, Tuesday next week, we have to, one way or the other, collapse this field and move out of the physical into the place where there is no time, and then recreate the situation back into the physical next Tuesday. Okay. So, it's... Um, and that can be done. They have been working on uh, experimental equipment to do that, and from what I understand, uh, they have perfected it. And um, like Michio Kaku says, that we will have time travel, but we have an energy problem. We have to have the energy of a sun to create that. Well, he is wrong. Yeah, it can be done that way too if you have the sun, but there are other ways to do it. Military has perfected one, but there's another way, and that is by the mind. Electronic equipment have limitations. The mind has no limitation. So, if in the back of my book on spiritual science as higher consciousness, we um, I talk about 
how to do it. There is a process for where you can do it. And if you practice that, I have had, uh, the book has been out for about uh, three years or so. And I've had, I think it's probably about three or four people that has contacted me. And they say, we practiced this and we had some really strange experiences. So it can be done. It's not just me. It can be done. And people also say that you can't go back to the past because it's already done and over with. Well, outside of the physical, it's not done and over with. It's sitting right there in that soup of creation. And we can access it because there is no difference between the present and the past. So we structure our mind to what we want to see and the time that we want it to be at. And then we can go through the process in the back of the book or if you have other ways to do it, you can visualize yourself there. And the question is, most of the times that I've done anything like this, I've been by myself, so I don't really know what happened to the physical body. I kind of think that maybe it wasn't physical, but it was a mental time travel. But it definitely was a time travel because I could read you know, things from the future. And, and um, that's what happened with... Uh, uh, in 2003, BBC Television came over and um, created a TV documentary on time travel and Michio Kaku and Green and I think it was another theoretical physicist on there and myself. And I was demonstrating this little electronic device that I have that I've had some of these experiences with. I was with. about to ask you about that because I think there's a picture of you with wearing that. Yeah, yeah. And um, this is... Uh, most people, you know, they will look at that and they just smile at least on one side of the mouth. <laughs> and, and they will say, yeah, sure. And that's okay. I don't really care because I know what I've seen. So what were your experiences with time travel? I mean, what, what did you, you yourself experience? Well, you want to know some of the things that I can see happening in the near future? Oh, absolutely. I mean, did you actually go anywhere? Were you actually seeing a vision or was it was it more mental but not physical? Well, it I don't really know because it looked just like I am sitting right here now. I'm looking at the computer screen and I got a big hutch with all full of knickknacks here and I this is the way it looked where I was. It was just like any other day, I could look around, I could see things, and I could feel the wind, and it was felt natural. So, but it's, I believe it probably was mental, but I, I don't know that though. Okay. But um, some of the things that I saw, and uh, also in the soup, uh, in the download, let me tell you that first. Okay. And... Um, you will have, uh, I know on the video, I said 50 years from now, you'll have Android walking down the street. No, don't wait that long. You're going to have them five or seven years from now. It's going to be really close. 
And uh, there will be this nice little device that's going to be invented, and that's going to upset the apple cart a little bit. It's um, it's going to be a brain tuner that when you put it around your neck or you hang it on your ear, you will hear the thoughts of the person next to you. Mm. Can you imagine going into a Congress and walking around? <laughs> <laughs> you might not hear anything in Congress, but... <laughs> yeah, maybe they're all empty chairs. Huh? Um, no, the thing is that this will... It will show up. It's gone, not going to be very long. There's a company make, trying to make them now. And it's going to show up. And then uh, governments and the, the cabal, they're going to try to put a kibosh on it and outlaw them. But it's not going to work. So uh, this one, if I can, it'll be kind of fun to have one, you know. It's kind of like the, kind of like the, the old guy that uh, got himself a brand new hearing aid. And, uh, and his grandson came to him and says, how, how does the hearing aid work? And he says... Well, it works excellent. He says, have you told your um, your wife yet, that uh, your family yet, that you have one? He says, no, no, no. But I heard enough. He says, I changed my will three times. So, <laughs> same thing here, I think. If you can read their minds, then that's going to be interesting. There's another invention that's going to show up here probably within the next, uh, oh, I don't know, 10 years, maybe something like that. It's going to be about a cube, about a half a foot in cube and it is white you put it outside in the sun and uh, actually it was white after it was glowing so it, I don't know what color it was after before nothing happened to it you put it outside in the sun and it soaks up the sun energy and you take it into a dark room put it on the table and it gives off the light and it lights up the whole room That'd be nice. This is, yeah, that's going to be a very popular thing, and the oil companies are going to love it. <laughs> uh, um, and then we, uh, there is, um, oh gosh, I even hate to mention it, but it, it's going to happen anyway, so might not be prepared for it. Uh, there will be a short hiccup. When it comes to the economy, there in the United States, I see a, some form of an economic revolution. It, it won't be a one with guns, but an economic revolution where the U.S. dollar will be converted into something totally different that is actually has a value to it. Right now, you know what the U.S. dollar is. It's the only thing backing it is the uh, faith and credit of the people. When right. people lose faith in it, then it is worthless. So um, I'm not so sure what it will be. We we have cryptocurrencies coming up, but uh, what I think is going to happen is somewhere around in January, maybe uh, the gold standard, gold and silver standard, may be brought back, and the derivatives might be just scrapped. They have no value anyway. You could perfectly well do it. So, so uh, what other things did you did you did you see or envision? There is um well 
I try not to dwell on the negative stuff. There, there is a few things here and there that could be negative, but if we, on especially on the radio show, if we give it air, then people start thinking about it, and then it could give it more power, so it could be more apt to actually happen. So I would rather stay away from that. Okay. But um, people are waking up in hordes, and there will be a day when you'll have several million people marching on Washington and basically telling the politicians that we have had it. Either you give us what we want and they want the republic restored or we're coming into your building and you're not going to like what we're going to do. Okay. Because they, uh, the military and the secret service and the police, they, they cannot kill everybody. That and sounds like the that, French Revolution. Oh, hey, <laughs> I'm all for it. Uh, if, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. But, uh, you know, violence is not the solution. Killing people is not the way we should go about it. That's the government's job. They, their job is to kill people. So that, at least that's what they think. Uh, we need to outthink them because we really can't outfight them very well. They have bigger guns than we do. We need to outthink them. And we can do that by joining minds and creating things out of their reach because they are all in the physical. Huh. The um, so like a mental a mental empowerment of yeah. people. Yeah. Ten twenty years about. from ten twenty years from now, the aliens are back. They will be working with us on many different projects. And in my timeline, they're, uh, one of their biggest uh, projects is cleaning up the planet. These are the good aliens. These are the, These are the, okay. the good, okay. yeah, the good right. ones. Yeah. Yeah, just, just to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they, are, uh, they look totally different. They have the big eyes, and, you know, the, but they're our friends. And then we have, there's about six or seven different types of aliens that has joined in this, the way I saw it. And some of them looks just like us. We will never know it if they were, if you met one on the street. Hmm. Except for that pretty much all of them have long hair. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they, that makes sense too, because hair is the antenna of the soul. So... Uh, why do you think I have long hair? <laughs> <laughs> Rob's got long hair. He's he's nodding his, yeah. his head. Actually, uh, actually, I read a story. Um, I don't remember where, but it was about uh, Native American trackers in our military huh? back in the day. And um, I, I don't remember all the details, but something about um, the, uh, the ones who, who cut their hair sh- short tended to lose some of their hmm. uh, yeah. know, abilities as far as like tracking and intuition go or something along those lines. Yeah. Know, it, was, it was fascinating stuff. But I know. I think I read that one two years and years ago, and it was a very interesting story because once they, uh, while they had the long hair, they were good trackers. When they cut their hair off, they couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just lost their way. 
So, yeah. all in all, the future seems pretty positive. Yeah, and I intend to keep it that way for me. Gotcha. Now, there are other timelines. In one of the timelines, Hitler won, Hitler, Hitlery won the elections. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Slip of the tongue there. Um, you know, we would have, if she had won the elections, we would have been deep in World War III right now. Mm. Because she promised us that she was going to go bomb Syria. She said, give me 90 days and I will be bombing Syria to get rid of him. And, you know, Syria and Russia have a uh, mutual defense treaty. That means war with Russia. So do you think we're better off with Trump in office? Absolutely. Despite all the whole whole Russia? Yeah, it's all show. Putin and Trump, they talk on the phone every week. Yeah, I hear they're they're supposed to sit down and talk pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, he's coming back to the U.S. and he's going to stop in Russia to talk to him, or stop somewhere to talk to him. But uh, you know, people people are watching five o'clock news and they think the president is just a big boob. And what do you expect? You know, CNN they uh, they can't tell the truth to save their life, so. I don't know. It's, um, I, re- I get my news on the internet. I haven't watched 5 o'clock news now for probably two years. And uh, I get my news on the internet. And I read foreign newspapers. And I will uh-huh. absolutely recommend for people to get on the internet and read foreign newspapers. Because that's where you will find out what happens in the United States. <laughs> it's pretty sad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite papers is Russia Today. They will tell you what's going on in the United States. Of course, you won't find much truth about what's going on in Russia, but you'll find yeah, out about the United States. That's kind of the bad thing, right? <laughs> I know. And then I, you have- I don't necessarily think Putin's a good guy, but, uh, you know, uh, it just, yeah, I, when Trump got, uh, when the election was going on, I could see some of those things that you're talking about with Hillary, how there was like a different war yep. footing that they wanted to put us on. And I'm not so sure about Trump. I think the, 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 um, the jury is still out, so to speak. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I am kind of thinking somewhat of what you're thinking because not because of him, but I see who is around him. That worries me. Huh? Huh? Oil people, Mm -hmm. defense contractors, right? I, I, think, I, I think things could go either way. It's just right now, I think we're in some kind of weird kind of stasis at the moment where nothing yeah. much is getting done. Chris, you got any insight? You can be kind of quiet over there. Yeah, I just wanted to get his thoughts on what do you make of Tom DeLong and his <laughs> <we> effort? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think much about him. <laughs> really? No. No? No, I... I, not really. I, I don't really know enough about him to talk intelligently on it. But um, I think that when people want to find out the truth about something, they need to go back to the origin of 
what it is, what the creation was. When they look at the origin of it, uh, what they said or what they did in the beginning to when they talk to the project or something that they're working on, you'll get some hints back there in the origin about what it is all about. And mm-hmm. uh, there's several people in the alternative thinking industry now that is surrounded by CIA people and things like that. And I, I prefer not to even think about it. I just leave them alone, you know? Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, Augie, before we let you go, you would uh, talk to us before we started the interview about some of the the fires in Northern California, some of the things that you were looking into on that. The, the oh, yeah. Fires. Um, look me up on Facebook. Uh, I thought I put it on my website, but now I'm looking at it and I realize I didn't do it. So go to my Facebook page and you will see two cell phone videos from Northern California, and it shows, first of all, it shows a fire, and it shows this huge laser beam or a maser beam coming down out of the sky and igniting fires. This, um, now I'm understanding there's more of them out there. I only got two of those uh, clips, but there are more of them out there now that are seeing these lasers coming down from space and igniting fires and it makes sense to me because what we have noticed is that we have this space force right so what are they doing in in at the space force they have weapons they're particle beam weapons and is this particular uh, beam that came down is what created the fires And if you look at the things that burned up, it burned the house, but the tree next to it was untouched. One car burned up and it was underneath the branches of a tree and the branches was not hurt. But it melted the rim of the wheels and the aluminum drained down the street. Uh, If you look at this, aluminum melts at 1200 and some 50 degrees. If it is an alloy, it could be as much as 1,500 degrees. Flames that is ignited in open air never makes it above 950 degrees unless it has chemicals in it. Those flames could not melt the rims. It was something different. It was not normal flames. It was something different. And that could be explained by the laser beams or the it could be a single-faced maser cannon that they turned down the volume on that would, in fact, uh, just melt and start to fire. So this is what happened in Northern California. And I, I know I'm right on this because when I as soon as I posted this on my, on my uh, Facebook page, Within five seconds, I got a note from Facebook saying that I was sanctioned to post anything on any group for nine, uh, for seven days. Really? They caught it right there and they shut me off. I cannot oh. post anything before, then, before this coming Friday. Mm. So they were pretty sensitive about this. And I see other people that has posted this one, uh, they were taken down. So they're pretty sensitive about this. So we're on to something. And when they do this, 
when they use these space-based weapons on their own people. First of all, it's treason, of course, but then again, it's another country, so to speak, because it's a breakaway society that is not under U.S. authority, even though the whole program is run by the Navy. So, uh, it's a military. The U.S. military that is actually ultimately responsible. Do you think this is some kind of test or something that's going on to see what no, they can I, do? I think they're trying to scare people to move out of California. They want California to go back to desert and, uh, of course, you know, go back to Mexico. So this would be like and, an uh, Agenda 21 type of thing? Yeah. Gotcha. They want people to move into the cities and out of the countries where they uh, they want open areas and they want this to be kind of like a park, you know. So it's, I, I don't know the Exactly, but they want people out of California, and they will be in Exodus out of Southern California, going east. Yeah, I could see that happening yeah. at some point. Well, Agi, uh, thank you so much. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you, and uh, also uh, get your DVDs and your books. Are you uh, book? Well, you can uh, go to my website and. Um, Make that uh, www.aage-nost.com and uh, you'll find everything you need on there. If you scroll down a little bit into the blogs, you'll find the, um, you'll find the, uh, the, uh, the D- DVD and you find the books. And uh, also, go visit the... The picture gallery, you'll have a blast in there. There is 3,000 pictures of stuff that you're not supposed to know about. Gotcha. All right, sir. Thank you so much. Stay on the line for us. Uh, and Chris, you stay on the line for us as well. And uh, okay. we, we will be back to close out the show on Conspiracy Normal. <laughs> And we're back. Yes. So, uh, Chris, that was <laughs> an interesting. Buffalo. That was an interesting one for you to sit in on, my friend. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that you would probably have some. Uh, that you might have some insight into some of that. Um, there's a, there's a lot there. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to just go right in, or do you want to uh, uh, talk a little bit about it, or uh, go right in? Tell me your thoughts, yeah, the- and then I'll, I'll, I'll get to, I'll get to I'll get to mine. All right. Well, the 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 part where he's talking about Richard Hoagland and there's stuff on the moon, and there's stuff on Mars, possibly, but those that's not you know Richard Hoagland's not the most um, best person you can look at that for, but mm-hmm. whatever. 
Um, and then the most cringeworthy moment for me uh, was the swastika on the moon because, as you texted me, um, yeah, I know that's from the movie Iron Sky because that's like my favorite movie. <laughs> so, right, <laughs> right. Um, I knew that was yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually had the guy on our show who wrote he, Iron Sky. Yeah, I remember listening. Jarvo. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to have him back, hopefully, yes. for two, right? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're doing Iron Sky with dinosaurs. Two. Yes. Yeah, with dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, okay, <laughs> in his defense, I will tell you, Augie probably doesn't know that. He probably doesn't know that movie. I, no. I will. I will. I will probably vouchsafe that he probably doesn't know that movie. But... He still puts it on his website, and it's like, eh. I didn't really want to say anything because I don't really want to, like, you know, my whole thing is not to really challenge people. is more to just mm-hmm. let them talk and let them, which, you know, I guess can mm-hmm. be a good or bad thing. I guess I could be Dave Schrader and just, you know, get angry at him and hang up on him. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you, you know, it, that's just not that's just not where I come down as a host, right? I, you know, I did ask him, where did you get this picture? You know, yeah, like, he couldn't remember, and he so. couldn't, and he couldn't remember where he got it, and so you know, it's just like I know for sure that's from Iron Sky, and I, I saw other things while I was kind of surfing around. Like there was a picture of a woman with three breasts on there. I know that. Oh, I know geez. that picture is Photoshop. Uh, so you know, this is kind of what you have to do when people did like that have like a kind of a new age philosophy, mm-hmm. and some of his material is very positive. Oh, for I, sure. I, 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 I like his positivity. Right. It, and that, that's what I wanted to say yeah. is that uh, th- there's a lot to that, um, you know, the law of attraction type of thing that uh, putting positive thought out there and, you know, envisioning what you want from the future and and all that. And, and it's almost sort of, um, that's what, like, like chaos magic boils down yeah, to. Yeah, I was just going to mm-hmm. say that. It's just it's, like chaos magic. Yeah, you know, it's the energy that you're putting into it. The the rituals just kind of help aid that energy, you know, in itself. But and Aki's a really nice guy. You know, he's really gracious to come on the show and mm-hmm. talk about it. You know, and so it's just like I, I just didn't really want to say anything at that moment. But I can tell you that one picture is from Iron Sky. Like no, I one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think it's in the movie where they're looking at the they're 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 looking at the base from Earth, and they yep. zoom in on it, and they see mm-hmm. the swastika base. You know, yep. now some of the other pictures, I don't know where they come from. You know, I I I have no idea where some of those other pictures of of stuff on the moon, and there is weird stuff about the moon. I mean, let's just be For honest. Sure. But it's just like it's weird stuff. We don't really exactly know what's really going on uh, with with some of those pictures and what what might be hidden, what isn't. You know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you were talking about the energy beam weapon too that he was talking about the Northern California. Yeah, stuff. I just the only like I was telling Rod, the only thing that I know of is like Lawrence Livermore Labs. Uh, they were perfecting that technology. Because they supposedly, again, I, I I only know this from Jim Mars, the late great Jim Mars, mm-hmm. is that they were trying to shoot down a UFO with this energy beam. 
mm-hmm. and in, indeed did do that. And then the other case was the TW8 Flight 800, uh, the same scenario. They went to um, use it, and it was a Navy weapon, and they accidentally hit the, the TWA uh, Flight 800, hence why the CIA was on the scene right away, and the, the Delta Force guys, and the, the Night Stalkers, the 160th out of Fort Campbell, Kentucky, were there. So, yeah, that's the only stuff I could know from that particle beam, but I don't know about starting forest fires. So Yeah. Well, Seems. Hmm. Spokey the Bear definitely wouldn't like yeah, that. I was just going <laughs> to For sure. Uh, I mean, only you can prevent energy, directed energy beam from creating <laughs> forest fires. Yeah. And while we're on the subject, I, I did a quick Google search. Uh, mm-hmm. Forest fire surface temperatures can get anywhere from 800 to 1,200 degrees Celsius, mm-hmm. which is twice the melting point of aluminum. Mm-hmm. Just FYI. FYI, yeah, yeah, yeah. FYI to the listeners, because you know I'm sure I'm going to have some listeners listening to it. Like, why aren't you challenging what this guy says? <laughs> My answer to that would be like, why don't you start your own podcast and have him on? So that, would, <laughs> that would, you, you, you know, you know what I mean. I'm like, he's just like the whole uh, the black dwarf thing. Uh, that running into the solar system would just cause like we'd be dead. We'd just be dead. Yeah. We'd be sucked into that thing uh. like. Like like a but second. He was, yeah. But he was right. I mean, NASA did announce the other day that there's this thing coming towards our solar system. They don't know what it is, and it's gotten some media attention. And I know you could go probably Google that, and you could find an article because yeah. they showed like at NASA uh, they had a TV monitor. They were showing that the trajectory was not normal. Um, so yeah, I mean, he again, it's. The good with the bad. So NASA's right. NASA's released a couple of things like that that haven't got a lot of attention. There was another one, um, I think it was a year or two ago, about how you know when they're when they're looking for planets out there, they basically analyze the way a star um, its brightness will like dim as something passes in front of it. Mm-hmm. Well, they they found one that was um, doing it with um, an, an irregular sort of a pattern. So that's not like a typical orbit, you know. It's something that's kind of passing in front and then go away for a little while, then passing, then passing, and and kind of like a a bizarre sort of a pattern that they couldn't explain, which they said could, uh, you know, possibly be some sort of intelligent type of a thing too. And I was surprised that that didn't get any kind of uh, internet media following coverage. or media coverage yeah. or anything, you know. Yeah, uh, here's CNN from October 29th, and we know they lie, but uh, (laughs) this mystery object may be our first visitor from another solar system. They say astronomers around the world are trying to track down a small, fast-moving object that is zipping through our solar system. Is a comet, an asteroid? NASA's not sure. The space agency doesn't even know where it came from, but it's not behaving like the local space rocks, and that means it may not be from our solar system. If that's confirmed, NASA says it would be the first interstellar object to be observed and confirmed by astronomers. So. Uh, we have been waiting for this day for decades, Paul Chodas, manager of NASA Center for Near-Earth Object Studies, said in a NASA news release. It's long been theorized that such objects exist. Asteroids are comets moving around between the stars and occasionally passing through the solar system. But this is the first such detection. So far, everything indicates this is likely an interstellar object, but more data would help to confirm it. So, 
they're calling it A2017 U1. Expert thinks that it's less than a quarter mile, 400 meters in diameter, and it's racing through space at 15.8 miles, 25.5 kilometers per second. Hmm. So that's the skinny on that, but that so, is from yeah. CNN. So it's just another chunk they of rock and ice. Small that's something. From, but it's not from our solar system. That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Like It's yeah. from interstellar space. I guess it got sucked in. By the sun's gravity or something. Or launched out by, you know, some giant planet in some other solar system yeah. and just happened to head our way. But nothing saying that it's a black dwarf with no. other planets circling it. No. So, yeah. Again, what you know. Did, what, what did you think of his answer to the Tom DeLonge thing? That he wasn't really worried about it? <laughs> yeah, like um, he I guess that he feels like he's got the other answers, so he doesn't really need Tom DeLonge's help, I guess. I, yeah. I guess that's where he's coming from on it. That would be kind of how well, I interpret it. Yeah, I thought he was going to possibly say that, you know, he was working, you know, they're trying to uh, use space-based weapons. That's mm-hmm. honestly, before I asked that, I thought he was going to go there, but he mm-hmm. didn't say anything, so... Well, I mean, some of the other things that he's that he's spoken about kind of um, lend to that possibility that uh, that the weaponization of space is taking place. And no, for sure. I mean, the Gary McKinnon story is just crazy. The fact that the the Obama administration went after him, the Bush mm-hmm. administration went after him, mm-hmm. and then finally they just let everything go because basically they said they well his. Attorney said he had Asperger's, which mm. maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But they said, ah, whatever. We're going to leave that alone. So. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did like uh, kind of disparage uh, Rob's hero, Elon Musk. I'm surprised <laughs> Rob didn't say anything about that. Oh. We, were, we were talking about that earlier. How much Rob loves Elon Musk? Uh, yeah, and you tried to lump him with Tom DeLong, and that's when I got upset. <laughs> well, you, oh, gee, I'm sorry, Rob. <laughs> hey, he's talking about me. <laughs> I, I loved him in with, uh, but, but actually, um, Tom DeLong actually Mentions. talked about. Yeah, he mentions Elon Musk in that interview that he did with mm-hmm. Joe Rogan. So I just think that he's taking technology in a very progressive direction, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. He's taking us off planet. He's going to give me solar roof tiles, and I'm going to get a paycheck from the electric company every month, and it's going to be awesome. No. We, do have yes. To, no. yes. we do have to fight those bear creatures on Mars. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, that's that, uh, yeah, I, we, you, you need a rail gun for that. Bet, Betsy Lou? Betty yeah, Lou? Good old Betty good Lou. Good thing the Navy has one. You, you're good. You're good. The Navy has one, so you're totally good. I'll I'll get Augie on with Captain K and they can they can compare oh notes my and Corey Good and, and all the rest of them. Oh boy! But uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much, Chris, for co-hosting tonight and helping out with the co-host duties. I know that Luke's uh, Luke's co-host duties were really hard to. Oh I mean, yeah, it's I it's, just... it's it's a real chore, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh just uh, we're gonna take we're gonna take this the show out. You know that we usually scream the conspiracy normal stuff, which we haven't done in a couple. So uh guys, thank you so much. Um 
Next time we have on Devin J. Byrne, who was another old guest from way back in the day. Yeah, I don't even know talk, that name. Yeah, we're going to talk about his like philosophy of life. And we also have another couple of guests on that are going to talk about their clothing line that has to deal with conspiracy theory. Uh, got, uh, these guys are out of Chicago, and uh, they're going to talk to us about that and kind of like what they what they think about all this stuff and what they believe. So uh, we also still have our Patreon, which I have a Patreon show up of Peter Robbins experiences in India and beyond. And Rob can tell everybody how to get to our Patreon. Yeah. It's uh patreon.com slash conspiranormal. Uh, we got all kinds of tiers on there. There's, um, you know, the bonus episodes, there's, uh, we still have t-shirts for anyone interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know it's easy to join and sign up and become part of that community. And if you don't want to go there, you can go to our website and do a one-time donation. We had one recently, and we want to thank all of you guys for that. And if you don't want to shell out any cash, but you want to support the show, you could always give us a nice five-star rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. Absolutely. Don't give your $200 to Tom DeLong. Give it no. to us. So We're not right, going to make a movie, though. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rob is going to go read his uh, Elon Musk biography. Yep. And guys, we will be back next time on Conspiranormal. Oh, you're Luke, Chris. You're supposed to say something witty. Oh, good night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.